Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. I'm Mark Cook, along with mm, nobody. Yeah, we're uh, we're working on that. John should be joining us pretty soon. So, um, so this might be like a 45 minute soliloquy of me just rambling on. No, what we'll do, obviously, is we'll we'll um, we'll take your questions and those kind of things. I think John's having some technical difficulties. Um, with the internet at his home, we'll find out soon enough, but we wanted to go ahead and get signed on since we were going to be on at four o'clock, obviously plenty of Buccaneer news to talk about. Um, just now recently, we just put up a story, uh, on Ross Cockrell returning to the Buccaneers on a two year deal. We confirmed that with the Buccaneers first reported by Greg Allman. Uh, we were able to confirm with the team and the organization that, uh, Ross will be back Sometimes I call him Russ. I don't know why, but uh, Ross Cockrell will be back with the Buccaneers, which is good because depth is important. We've all talked about the 22 starters, right, that the Buccaneers have returned um, from the Super Bowl winning team. Uh, but it's not just those guys. There's there's other guys that were important key contributors to this football team. Cockrell was one of those guys that participated in 12 games last year for Tampa Bay. Of course, he's an eight-year veteran, or this will be his eighth season in the NFL. Uh, drafted originally by Buffalo in the fourth round, a former Duke Blue Devil, bounced around with different teams, Pittsburgh, most re- recently with the Panthers, and of course now uh, with the Buccaneers in his second season. So we will uh, be talking about that. We can answer your questions, get those uh, in the chat right now. Um, and again, hopefully John will be able to join us here shortly. If not, you'll have to look at my ugly face for the next 30 or 45 minutes, but um, that's okay. I'm I've, I'm 50 years old. I've come to accept my looks at this point. It's okay. I could be worse, right? Do I look 50? Not a day over 49, in my opinion. Anyway, get those questions up. I don't have the fancy Celsius commercial, so I'm just going to have to free, uh, I was going to say free ball it, but that would be the wrong word. That's a completely different thing. That's a different sponsor. That's Manscaped. Um, I'm going to freelance it. That's the word that I'm trying to come up with. And uh, if John joins us, we can have certainly the um, the commercial. But uh, anyways, this podcast, as always, sponsored by our title sponsors, our good friends over at Celsius. Today's choice of drink is the sparkling grapefruit. Uh, a number of great flavors for this great energy drink. Now, again, energy drinks sometimes get a bad rap because of the amount of sugar and different things that are added to it. Uh, this is natural. And, um, and and there's not, uh, you know, not any sugar. You're not going to have that crash that you get with a lot of energy drinks. Um, so make sure to check out Celsius. You can go to pewterreport.com. Um, we usually have, no, not usually, we have an ad up on there where you can click on there. I think it directs you directly to Amazon where you can buy plenty of product. Um, and also a store locator if you go to Celsius as well. You can find out exactly in your area, if you're not in the Tampa Bay area, where uh, you can find some Celsius, but you can always order it directly from Amazon too. I have tried a number of the different flavors. I'm a simple guy. I like orange. I like grapefruit. The 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 guava one, I think it's a kiwi guava is good. The fellas like the pomegranate and the blueberry. Mm, that's a little too fruity for my taste. But anyway, uh, check out Celsius. Good friends of the show. Proud sponsors of the Pewter Report podcast. Edward Fernandez, since we don't have the commercial, we'll spend a little bit more time here. Edward Fernandez says, peach vibe is what he digs. Yeah, peach is not bad. I'm a big knee-high peach guy. Again, that proves that I'm 50 years old. Anybody under 40 probably has no idea what I'm talking about. Knee-high peach was uh, the best soda in the history of the world. There's no argument when it comes to that. Anyway, um, we'll get rid of that now. No more about... (laughs) The play reaction with a great comment. Uh, does Solo Mark interrupt himself? Hang on. I've got to say something. Yes. Yeah, see, I just did interrupt myself there. Um, anyway, I'm not used to doing these things. I'm not used to doing this, doing this thing solo. Anyway, hopefully John will be able to join us here shortly. Uh, but anyway, check out Celsius. Go to Celsius. Uh, go to our ads on PeterReport.com and pick yourself up a Celsius. And uh, I'm pretty sure that you'll be a big fan, as we all are here at PeterReport.com. So, Ross, I don't know why I've always called him Russ for some reason. I don't know. Maybe Rusty from the National Lampoon's movies. But anyway, it's Ross Cockrell. 
and uh, he's going to be back for the Buccaneers, which I think is a really good move. Don't have the terms yet. Uh, you guys uh, that are on Twitter, it may start popping up pretty soon. Sometimes those things pop up pretty soon, but uh, at the time of the podcast, I didn't have anything as far as the terms go, but we do know that it is a two-year deal. So um, Buccaneers will have him back on the field again this year. Again, you hope, again, you, you like you like Ross, you like having backup guys, but they're backups for a reason, right? They're not as good as the starters. You've got Jamel Dean. You've got Sean Murphy Bunting. You've got, um, of course, Carlton Davis. Um, those three guys are going to be on the field most of the time. But, you know, if one of those guys go down, it's nice to have a guy like Cockrell who's been in the league for a long time, who understands this defense um, and just understands, you know, he's the he's the veteran guy. I mean, think about it. In that secondary, there's not a lot of veteran guys. I mean, Jordan Whitehead, might be the second most tenured guy on the on the team, uh, I guess Carlton Davis now. But um, but but Cockrell is certainly the most tenured guy, and having that veteran presence is important. Um, speaking of another veteran presence, Giovanni Bernard from the Cincinnati Bengals, Buccaneers picked him up on yesterday. Uh, that's a signing, a one-year deal. I think a lot of people will be happy about that. You know, I was one of those guys that was really advocating for. Um, James White from New England, he resigned with the team. I think a one-year deal, $2.5 million, something like that with the Patriots. I thought really that he was going to be the guy uh, that um, that would be that third-down role um, to take over what the Buccaneers kind of hoped LaShawn McCoy was going to be able to provide him last year. And obviously, he just didn't have any gas left in the tank. So, um, so anyway... Um, so Bernard is that guy again, he's, he's not a young buck by any stretch. Uh, I believe he was drafted in 2013, but a talented football player, really good pass catcher. And I think I saw a stat on Twitter yesterday that of current NFL running backs, uh, I think he's fourth in receptions. I think James White is second. I can't remember who first and third was, but, but he's in the top five as far as, uh, receptions by NFL running backs since 2013. And, and look, that's what this football team really needs they need um you know they need a guy that they can they can count on to be that outlet for tom brady on third down um the the buccaneers struggled last year in that capacity certainly with leonard fournette and ronald jones they're just not natural pass catching running backs and i've talked about that this on the podcast before we all have played right like backyard football with your cousins and your relatives and neighborhood kids and there were just some guys that just couldn't catch i mean they were fast uh you know maybe they could block maybe they could do other things but they just couldn't catch a football i mean it's just it, it's it's a natural talent uh to be able to catch football you can get better at it i think ronald jones certainly is better at it than when he came into the league um as a as a as a rookie um and um and he's gotten better at it but it's just not ever going to be his forte in the league. And I think that's where a guy like Giovanni Bernard really fits in because we know he is a heck of a, um, a pass-catching running back. Don't know how he is in pass protection. A guy like John Ledyard can probably tell us a little bit more about that. I see John trying to sign in right now, and I'm sure everybody's happy because they're probably already tired of listening to me just talk and go on and on and on. So, well, and this I'm is probably going to drop me out, Mark. It's probably going to drop me out here in a little bit based on what I've learned of Spectrum since learning moving to florida my goodness i don't know how y'all do had <laughs> a person out here today because it's been this mystery issue right and yeah. i know people have noticed it what's the connection sound like now as i'm talking to you yeah you're really good Sounds right like, now let's yeah. keep it that way let's keep yeah it i mean it, it is it's been unbelievable but I had a technician come out today because it hasn't been a normal issue router modem internet speeds all that stuff has been great the whole time it's been it's been an issue they can't figure out so somebody showed up today they took a look at everything and they were like, we fixed the problem. There was water getting into one of these things, blah, blah, blah. It's been fine all day. 15 minutes before we go on the show, it's just, it's cutting in and out. So it'll probably drop me during the show. You'll probably have to, uh, have to carry things again, but I don't know how y'all do it with Spectrum down here, man. They are brutal. <laughs> you know, I've not it, been it, impressed. It's, it's one of those things. It's uh, you take what you can get. I'm fortunate where I am right now over in Eastern Hillsborough County, um, Brandon area spectrum has been really, really solid. Now, every once in a while, 
it'll just drop off, blip out for a few seconds. But I'm not even going to call and complain about that, John, because if that's the worst thing that happens, I can live with a 30 second, you know, uh, blip of the of the of the internet radar. But speeds are fine. Service has always been decent, but it is well, what it, it is. It's what we've got. Too. Like this area is all brand new, so that's yeah. probably has something to do with the two. They're probably still figuring out their signal. Like my whole. Uh, neighborhood is all brand new houses and area. And so they're probably still figuring out their signals. Well, wait, wait, wait till when they're building a new home here in a month or two near you and they just cut through the line oh, and then sure. you're down for three or four days. Yeah. That's, and definitely that's live occurrence. on air. Yeah. Live yeah. on air. It's going to happen for sure. So yeah. With Bruce Arians as a guest or something too. Not even oh, yeah, you know, me. It'll be somebody like right. Bruce Arians, but we just briefly were talking um, uh, about the return of, of Ross, not Russ Cockrell, mm-hmm. what he means to the football team. Obviously going to be kind of that fourth cornerback behind Murphy Bunting, um, certainly uh, Carlton and, and, and Jamel. Um, but, you know, providing that veteran presence in the locker room, a guy that's been right. in the league now will be entering his eighth season. And I was trying to think just off the top of my head, you could probably think a little bit more clear than me, but other than him, um, I mean, who's the most veteran guy, Jordan Whitehead or Carlton Davis? I mean, that's about yeah. it on this football team. Right. I mean, I think having Cockrell back is big because it gives you, again, that flexibility for the draft, right? You would have been th- – three corners is thin in today's NFL, and that's really all that they've got right now. And obviously, you don't want to discount Herb. I think they'd be no. fine going into next season with with Ross Cockrell and Herb and the being those five. But really what you have to ask yourself is, okay, now if we have Ross Cockrell back in the fold – we don't feel like we have to do have to do anything, and that's really the the position the Bucks have wanted to get to. Right, uh, Cockrell played well last year. They love uh, the type of the personality. I think the work ethic he brings to the room, a veteran. Uh, you know, I think it's a lot of things that they value in those positions: the ability to play inside and outside. So I, I'm pumped about Ross Cockrell being back. You can never have enough good corners on your team. Wouldn't preclude me from drafting one first round if it happened to be the best player available. It's just the way the Bucks are right now, Mark. I mean, this is crazy. Yeah. Where does this team even have room for a rookie to make the team? I mean, it's it's hard. They might also end up trading up and giving up some of their day three picks because they don't even have space. Yeah, you know, that's something that I was thinking about was um when we were did it on the on the Round table on Sunday was who our draft crush was. Everybody knows I love Najee Harris, right? Of course, he's he's my major draft crush. But um, but another guy I started thinking that I like a lot is is Landon Dickerson, of course, from Alabama. Now, here's a guy that might be the perfect fit. Number one, because it may be a need a year or two down the road, depending on what Ryan Jensen does if mm-hmm. he wants to continue playing. If the Buccaneers feel he's still there, but but I really think that. You know, with a guy like Jensen, if you've got a guy like Dickerson in the fold, give him a year to kind of sit back, recover from that ACL, be ready to go in 2022, and you're paying him $3 million a year. If you re-sign Ryan Jensen, you're looking at at least another probably 8 to $10 million because I think right. he's making 10 now. He'll probably want to raise maybe, especially if he plays as well as he did. So uh, that may be the guy. And that kind of answers James Barry's question, who says, I'm going to look and watch and see how long it takes Mark Cook to say we should draft a null player in the draft. Okay, set. He no. counts. Yeah, James, counts. He counts. He was a null, right? But it's not because he was a Seminole. I just love this guy's attitude, his spirit. He's a mauler. John, we talk about football players that play football, not because they're good, but because they love the game of football. Mm-hmm. Landon's both right. He's good and he loves football. You can tell just tell a guy who has joy playing football, and those are the kind of guys that you want in your football team. That's the reason why Tom Brady's going to be playing at age forty four when right. the fall exactly. rolls around. Yeah, because he He's loves football. And it's the it's the lo- like you want to automatically you look at Brian Jensen and you say, okay, if we're going to lose him, how do we replace a lot of what he brings to the room and to the field and. I think that definitely speaks to a guy like Dickerson. I mean, he has the ability to do those kinds of things. He's physically what they look for. I think athletically they are are not as concerned as other teams about those types of players because they don't run this wide zone type of scheme. I think that he, but physically he's what they want and mentally is what they want. And then character wise, he's what they want too. So I think you're spot on Mark. It would be shocking to me at this point. I really think if the bucks don't draft a front seven or front, I don't even say front seven. If they don't draft a defensive or offensive lineman, a trench player in the first round, now I'll be surprised. After Cockrell and Bernard, to me, not that they can't still take corner. I just, I like right. Greg Newsom. I just don't think he's going to be there. I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think Caleb Farley's going to be there. So I think it's going to be, you're going to have 
corners later in the draft? Could they take corner second round? Maybe. I mean, anyway, like everybody else, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Like they just don't have needs. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely bonkers. Uh, I don't remember the last I, time I, we saw a team like this. If I had to bet, and I'm not a betting man, but if I did, I would go to my bookie, of course. But if I were a betting man, I would almost say that this team looks to trade back, John. And I say that because there are teams that are going to want that 32nd pick because that gives them that fifth-year option on whoever that player is. There are obviously plenty of teams that have a lot more need than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. And maybe they pick up some picks for next year because they have a ton of free agents next year. The the thought of them keeping guys every year, this was an anomaly, right? Mm -hmm. This was not the norm. As good as Mike Greenberg and Jason Light are, for them to be able to re-sign all of their players to have all 22 returning just doesn't happen in the modern NFL with a salary cap. So, um, you know, they may be looking to get some ammunition next year. And again, what's the difference in their eyes between the 32nd pick and say the, the 50th pick or the 45th pick or somewhere mm-hmm. along there. And there are teams that may give up next year's number one, um, to be able to, to, you know, take that number 32 spot and the Buccaneers move down again. It just, it's so interesting. That was a question in the Monday mailbag. Somebody asked me, what's it like not knowing who the Buccaneers are going to pick? Now, we've we've never 100% known except for Jameis Winston. We knew that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, you, you don't know. But the NFL and the pundits and, and, and the sources we get, we pretty much all kind of know the top 15 guys. We don't know necessarily what order there is they're going to be in. Sometimes there's a surprise guy. But there's usually consensus 10 or 15. And the Buccaneers are normally picking. So we know one of I'm back. John's back. Was it was it you that cut out? I think Mark it was. out. Oh remember, no! Remember I the little blip. Me. Remember the little blip I was telling about. Well, thank you, Spectrum at four nineteen. Right there, yeah. you just talked up Spectrum, and now that <laughs> I thought it was me, yeah. I was like, oh no, something happened. Yeah. So I just took myself out, and then I'm like, oh wait, no, I'm still. Oh no, it man. Was me. It's one of those days, man. It's just one of those days with the technical stuff. But you're right on about the Bucks draft, by the way. Like it is. It's 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 one of those rare years where honestly it's getting in some ways it's impossible to say the player, but in other ways it's getting easier to narrow down the position. I think right, like I think the position is becoming clear to me that they're going to dr- address the lines. I think you have older players on offense or on the defensive side, and on the offensive side you have players that might not be here next year, and in, in, in uh, Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen, and I think Aaron Sting and Josh Wells are fine depth. But I right. think that you can upgrade even those kind of spots. You need a center option, you know, behind Jensen. You need a snapper. Uh, John Molshan, they like. And if they had to go into next season, okay. They had to go into next season like they are now, okay, they can do it. But the the difficulty, and I think the struggle for them right now is if we had to do it and somebody got hurt, yes, Stinney could step in maybe. But if a center got hurt, if if, a ta- if Josh Wells had to play a long time, you know, I think it's it's touch and go with those positions. And I even Stinney, I think he's okay, but I would I think Quinn Miners, you know, in the if you're selling me Dickerson and Miners would be the right. first two picks, I would feel unbelievable about this draft. I really would. And and when you're talking about offensive and defensive linemen, really, you know, I think and I'm gonna put you on the spot here. You're gonna have to pull this out of your 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 memory bank here because I'm sure you're kind of like Greg Allman, right? You kind of got all the stuff floating around in your head. The bust rate of offensive linemen, I would guess, is probably lower than some other positions, right? I mean, there are some. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It seems like the Giants always draft a terrible offensive lineman that, mm. that ends up being a bust, or they've had some guys over the years. And, and there are a few guys. But, but I would almost guess that, you know, First-round offensive linemen tend to last in the league longer than some other positions. So if you don't have a glaring need, that's a safe pick, and it's always going to be a needed pick eventually down the road in my in my mind. Again, you need five of these guys on the offensive line at some point, right? I mean, not at some point, on every snap. Um, so, you know, it's not, you don't know, have five cornerbacks on the field very rarely. You don't have five receivers on the field very rarely. Certainly not five running backs, not five quarterbacks, not five linebackers. Um, you know, those trench guys, as you mentioned, I think, uh, would be a would would be a good move because it's a it's a fairly safe pick in my opinion. I, I don't think the bust rate is nearly as high on offensive linemen as maybe some other positions. I may be completely wrong. Somebody may prove me wrong, but I don't think so. So um, so go offensive line or defensive line if that's the case. This is John. John dropped out this time. It's not me. 
Anyway, I'm not going to talk bad about Spectrum. You know why? Because they used to be an advertiser with us. Maybe they want to advertise again. I don't want to have any history of me bad-mouthing Spectrum and then me go and try and sell them an ad deal. And um, they're like, oh, let's go back to April 13th, 2021, Mr. Cook. Let us play this for you. Yeah, I don't need that there. So Spectrum, I love you. We would love to have you as a sponsor on pewterreport.com. We would love for the service to be a little bit more reliable in John's area, but we understand it's a new division. Is anybody buying what I'm saying? Anyway, John didn't last long, but at least he gave me a little bit of a break. That's nice. Um, Tom Bucks fan, he has said, uh, Almond has the Bucks drafting Asante Samuel at 32. Will he be available? Yes, he'll be available, in my opinion. He's a Seminole, so I'm not going to advocate or bang the table for him. And it's not just because I don't want to uh, seem like a homer, but um, he's he's not my favorite, guys. He's a little undersized, in my opinion. But, you know, whatever. I, I can't really judge Florida State players the last couple of years because the coaching has just been so bad. And then you throw in COVID last year, the limited amount of games, the practices, the new scheme with the new coach. I, I, I have no idea who's going to be a good football player um, uh, that, that's coming from the Seminoles this year. So I'm not going to bang the table. I actually think, Tom, that Almond was, quote, tweeting um, – somebody else's mock draft and just said they had Asante Samuel. I don't know that, that Almond had him personally. Maybe he did, but I saw a tweet earlier where he had quote tweeted another mock draft that had the Buccaneers taking Asante Samuel Jr. at number 32. Um, again, John, you know, mentioned cornerback isn't necessarily a, a, a bad position to take if there's the guy that you want is on the board. But, um, but I still don't know that, um, that the Buccaneers do that again by adding, Herb Miller back, re-signing him this year by having um, uh, Ross Cockrell back. You know, that kind of solidifies things back in the secondary. I think the safety position obviously is fairly solid. But, again, you do have to look ahead. We, as fans and even in the media, we're looking at 2021 because that's what we're going to cover, and that's the team that you're going to cheer for. You're not – worrying about cheering for 2022 or 2024 or 2025. I'm not worried about covering those teams right now. It's the team at hand. Uh, but Jason Light, Mike Greenberg, John Spitek, uh, Mike Beal, Brian Kiefer, Byron Kiefer, all those guys, they want to be here another 10 years, right? So they're going to have to always be looking ahead. You've got Carlton Davis that'll be in a contract year next year. There's going to be some other free agents. So um, while there's not any glaring needs, um, as far as starters go, maybe even not glaring needs in, in terms of depth, um, you know, you've got to be looking to the fact that what the team was able to do this year by returning so many of their own players um, just isn't the norm. Now, the salary cap is going to go up quite a bit, obviously, with the new TV deal, which doubled this year. That money is going to be put into the pool, so it's going to go up considerably next year. But still, um, you know, you're going to end up – you can't keep keeping all of your guys every single year. It just doesn't work that way. So they're going to have to um, – they're going to have to be thinking ahead of time uh, – ahead of – uh, of what we're thinking again, I, I'm thinking about you know how's the team going to do this fall. You, the fan, you know when you've got your ticket, you're not worried about 2022. You're worried about 2021. But but uh, Jason Light and those guys have to do that, so they've got to be looking at the fact. Hey, Carlton Davis is in a contract year. Uh, this is the last year of of, of Ryan Jensen's year. Um, Chris Godwin, what are we going to do there? He's franchised this year. What if we don't get a long term deal done? Do we need to draft a receiver? I mean, all of those things. Um, are, are, are what Jason Light is, is scratching his head and pulling his hair out right now as his staff is trying to determine the future and what they're going to do uh, in terms of the draft this year. And let's see what Craig Carr said. Uh, Craig says, I did a little research. Center is the safest position on the offensive line to draft in round one. I don't remember. I mean, again, I'm sure there have been busts at center, but I can't really remember that many of them. And what I and, and I think part of that is because when you draft a center, they can also play guard. And sometimes, you know, tackles don't normally move to guard. Tackles never move to center. But centers can move to guard. Guards can move to center at times. And so even if a player isn't working out at center or working out at guard, sometimes a changed position 
can make a big difference and and that can salvage a career and make it a little bit longer. And I think that helps the stats. But Craig, if you really did research on this, I I um I appreciate that. You may be making it up completely. I have no idea, but I like it. Someone super chat spectrum. <laughs> We're not gonna beat Spectrum up. We're just not gonna do it. John is cursing them now, probably, but I'm not gonna beat him up because again, if they want to be a sponsor one day. Um, somebody asked, uh, let's see, Squeeze Planet asked, what is Bernard's stats from last year? I'm not, I don't have, uh, I probably could, but I'm not smart enough to switch screens right now to pull up the story that we wrote about it uh, yesterday when he was signed. I'm sure the stats are in there, but somebody on the chat right now, if you don't mind, look up his stats for last season. Let's take a look at where he was. And somebody earlier in the chat confirmed that uh, that he was, um, the third, he had called the third most passes in the NFL, I think since 2013. So that's good for the Buccaneers. Now they didn't tell me who else besides Celsius was, uh, ad read today. So I'm going to talk to you about my good friends real quick at Briar Greaves. Now, this is what I need from you people. My good friends out there in the listening audience. I need you guys to call Briar Greaves. You know why? Because you need insurance. There's not anybody listening that doesn't need some type of insurance right now. It's not fun. It's not sexy. It takes a few minutes. You got to go pull out your deck page. You got to actually remember to make the call. But they're available right now for you to give them a call. If not now, call them first thing in the morning. But find out if Briar or Sam can save you some money. I'm telling you, Honer's rates are going through the roof in the state of Florida. The Tampa Bay Times had a big article. I believe it was Monday. Uh, front page article about the the crisis with homeowners insurance in the state of Florida. Make sure that you have a good company, one that's going to be around for a long time, but also find the one that's going to save you the most money. And that's where Briar Greaves can do that. But it's not just homeowners insurance. It's also automobile insurance. It's also um, it's also liability insurance. Maybe you have a business. Uh, all of those things are things that we need insurance for. Even if you don't own a home, own a business or care about your life, you probably rent a place. You want renter's insurance. What if the neighbor's toilet bursts upstairs and the water comes down? Yes, the building itself will be protected under insurance, but you have to protect your contents. And I'm telling you right now, from experience, renter's insurance, usually less than $200 for the entire year. Call Briar Greaves, Briar or Sam, area code 813-876-4166. Again, 876-4166. Most importantly, when you do call them, let them know that you heard it on the Pewter Report podcast. So anyway, please do that if you can. I would appreciate it. Sam Breyer would appreciate it. We've got to patronize these Pewter Report sponsors because there's the ones that are keeping the lights on. And, and we've talked about COVID and how it affected our business last year. Things are looking much better this year. Uh, but but we want to keep these sponsors. And the way that we do that is for you guys to patronize them. Even if you don't have insurance needs at the present moment give them a call and uh and thank them for um thank them for thank i'm getting calls all over my phone now let me turn my phone off too because that's rude but thank braggeries for being a sponsor of the pewter nation podcast anyway i'm going to answer this text so people stop calling me on the podcast do not disturb me again see that Anyway, <laughs> these things didn't happen when we used to pre-tape these things. These live things, man, all kind of things happen. Warren Sapp drops off. He can't get here on time. His connection was awful. John's dropping off. I got people calling me. And uh, anyway, everybody's going crazy right now. And I'm trying to fly solo right now. But what I appreciate is all you guys with uh, with with the questions and things like that right now. Anyway, let's just go through some more questions now. Uh, pick 32 here. I'm sorry. I'm not good at this. I got to remember to pull up the question so everybody else can read it. Pick 32 should be a player with pedigree. I mean, if you're saying pedigree, meaning a guy that's coming from a bigger name program, that's an experienced starter, not taking a gamble on a player. I see where you're coming from as, as far as that goes. But I still, I personally, if if a team is, is, is crazy enough to offer up, um, you know, uh, a number one next year and they're number two this year, I would do it 
I would do it in a second. I don't know if anybody will, but we'll see. Again, the advantage to being at the end of the first round is there's not a whole lot of difference normally between the 32nd player and the 52nd player as far as the way teams put guys up on their board. So if you can, you know, if you can pick up an extra draft pick and still move down and get a guy that's still in your wheelhouse, why not do it? I saw Ren Dax done here. If Ren's on here, I'm always going to click on Ren's question. I, I'm not going to pre-read it, so hopefully it's not a rude question. It's a valid question. If a team needs a player at a certain position and are not in the draft, shouldn't others other steps have been taken? Um, if a team needs players at a certain position that are not in the draft, shouldn't other steps have been taken? I, 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 that may be a response to somebody else in the chat. I'm not sure exactly what Ren is saying right there. Maybe you guys can figure it out amongst the chat. Um, let's see. Amazing amazes me that a team like the Detroit Lions don't offer Gabbert or Griffin a small deal to be QB two or three, just to see if they pick uh, anything useful off of Brady or the staff. Interesting. Here's something that I did learn. It's not huge breaking news. Uh, and you guys know this too. Buccaneers at the current moment do not have a backup quarterback. And that's something that the Buccaneer brass, I spoke to somebody in their organization just yesterday about this specifically. It's a little concerning right now. Um, and I don't know the details of what Blaine Gabbert's agent is asking for, or even Ryan Griffin's agent. I don't even know if they're interested in bringing Ryan Griffin back, uh, but they certainly would like to see Blaine Gabbert back, but he's not back. And I, I think what I, what I'm speculating from the conversation I had, this did not come from this person specifically, but from what they told me, it seems like Gabbert's group may be asking for more money. Um, and you know what? That happens sometimes when a team wins the Super Bowl. Um, there he is. It's because Scott blew up his stock. That's why. Oh, Scott blew okay. up Gabbert's stock. Now Gabbert's agent and them listened, and they're like, oh, wow. This you guy know, could be like a Hall of Famer still. And, you know, and Scott Reynolds' eyes. We, we laugh about that. But I spoke to somebody specifically about that yesterday, John, and 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 that's really the vibe that I was getting is is that you know and 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 it's kind of becoming a concern for this football team right now um, that they don't have a backup quarterback on the roster at all right now. Now Tom Brady has proven over his twenty year twenty year career to be a fairly durable guy, right? Mm-hmm. I think he had one year. Uh, well, he had obviously one season where he was banged up pretty good, had a knee injury. I don't remember what year that was, but for the most part, he stays healthy. This offensive line did a good job of protecting him, but. Um, but we've seen guys get injured in the weight room before. You just don't know what's going to happen. So you've got to have that backup guy. Although, John, I'll say this. The NFL, you don't see the Jeff Hostetler coming in uh, and saving the day and winning Super Bowls as a backup quarterback anymore. That was back right. in 1991. I mean, it just doesn't happen very often. If we lose, I just said we, like I'm a fan. Somebody slapped me. <laughs> You've been on here too long, Ryan. Solo, That's man. rule number one: never say we. You know, I've yelled at Taylor over the years, and Matt, and Zach Shapiro, and and, and Gil Arcia. I've accidentally everybody. said it a time or two on on. Uh, yeah, I've, I've said yeah. it a time or two on the air by accident. I don't remember covering the box, maybe steel. I don't remember, but yeah, no, I, the, I, it is an important position. There's no yeah. question, even if it's not going to be Brady in the caliber play, obviously. You, you know, you do what you can and build around whoever you get in there, obviously, in the lineup. And so, uh, yes, it's very important. You know what else is important, Mark? What? I want to say this before my internet drops me out again. Oh, by the way, I got off the phone with Spectrum. They are lost. They have no idea what the problem could be because everything's great, but they're sending somebody out here uh, that's going to call me shortly. So if I have to jump out, that's why. But also, playbook products. That's yes. what's important. This touchdown by Scotty Miller against the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship, that is what is important. Also, these coasters, these coasters are amazing. They're like stone coasters. They got the play on there. You probably can't see that well because of the lighting against the screen, but that's the Rob Gronkowski touchdown, the second one against Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Awesome, awesome stuff from Playbook Products. Check out their coasters. Check out their mugs. They're beautiful stuff. They've got like the score on there and the field where it was, the date, the time, the quarter. I mean, it's really, really good stuff. And by the way, if you're not a Bucks fan, or if you're a bigger fan of another team, the Lightning, they've got their stuff on there too. I'm telling yeah, you. And you, you can pick whatever play you want, right? I mean, it doesn't just have yeah. to be the Scotty Miller or the Gronk. I mean, you know, there's if you a couple, want- they have a handful of plays to choose from. Yeah, they've plays in history when Ronnie Barber's pick six shut down the yeah. net. They've got that one. And so, 
yeah, there's a lot of plays in there. It's really good product. Uh, Do they have the Cyril Grayson ball that bounced they off? They don't have that one. Play. Scott might have to have him special yeah. order that one for Scott. Maybe we'll have to have him special order that how, one. How do, people, how do people fi- find, find these guys? How, how so Playbookproducts.com, yep. maybe. Playbookproducts.com. You can check out all their stuff. Search for whatever team you're looking for uh, for products on, but they do some really cool and creative work. So Father's Day is coming up in a couple mm-hmm. months. Mother's Day is mm-hmm. coming up. Make a great gift. Yes, great gifts indeed, for sure. Have we talked about Gio Bernard and how much a little we bit. talked about him? Okay. Not, not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. I want you to talk a little bit about, uh, okay. about, about Giovanni. I'm, but based on the way this thing's gone, I've got about two minutes before my internet drops out again inexplicably. And so I just want to talk about Giovanni Bernard. I was trying to put some clips in the chat in here for us to use in the show in the chat uh, section for people to, to check out. I got two of them in there before my internet got out on me. But here's uh, Gio Bernard picking up an A-gap blitz. No problem. One of the big thumpers in the NFL, BJ Goodson. Picks it up. That's I have a bunch more clips like that in the uh, Giovanni Bernard piece that I put up at PeterReport.com. Make sure you check that out. And then here's him at the top of your screen as an outside receiver running a slant against the corner, getting open, running away from a safety, finding space, getting vertical, getting the first down. Those are just two plays. There's a lot more if you check out the article. There's even more if you have NFL Game Pass and want to check out the tape. As I watched this guy, I got emotional because I realized this was the, this was the missing piece, Mark. For the Bucks, do I don't have to watch barring right. injury? God help us! I, I don't have to watch Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones try to figure things out as receivers and pass protectors anymore. Giovanni Bernard is the real that's deal. My, People, I, my I, yeah, that's, of those guys yeah, trying to catch right, balls. Exactly right. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard. I mean, people have asked in the chat, I've seen, is he better than James White? I think he's a better option for this team than James White. And and I would know he was available when we did our our battle plans, obviously, at that point in time, he was not. But because he's a better pass protector, because he also is is held up really well physically um, over his career, never been a big workload guy, neither is White, but Bernard has that body armor. You know, that's that's the way that he's built. Again, I think because of the pass protection, but also they're both are good receivers, there's no question. Bernard was really good last year. I don't know where White's at. He may be on that decline. I'm not sure um, where he's at. He could be great this season. He might be a little more elusive. Bernard has terrific vision, terrific feel in space, reliable hands, really good routes. I don't think people realize that Giovanni Bernard played the fourth most snaps out wide of any uh, running back in the league last season and the fifth most uh, from the slot. And so this is a guy who has a ton of experience being split out um, and running routes from that position and probably five or six of his best plays as a receiver came from that alignment. So flexibility-wise, he gives you the added dimension of being able to do things with your personnel packages that will hearken people back to when David Johnson was suiting up for Bruce Arians and having 800 yards in a season. Now, Barnard's not going to have 800 yards receiving this season, but he has a chance to make a real impact in the yards that he does get. He's going to be a nice, nice addition to this offense. It's such a quiet move, but it's such a good move. And Jason Light just continues to kill it. I think it's the perfect player for this team in high character, durable the work ethic the football iq listen to bengals fans i mean they don't like anything I and mean, i can't blame them they love this guy and they they are are rooting for him i saw joe goodberry one of the best bengal analysts out there they're like man i'll get him i'm gonna get in a bucks geo jersey if they win the super bowl with him there like that's they just love the guy i think bucks fans are gonna love him too did you just call them the Bengals or the Bengals? I, I call I call them the Bengals. I'm not a Bengals guy. Bengals. Like, uh, oh. But you a just, lot of native just... Pittsburghese is is Bengals. They call them yeah. Bengals. Bengals right. or the Bungles. Yeah. That was the thing for a while too when they were at their lowest. The Bungles. Well, and and you know what? He's got to feel like he just won the lottery, not the the financial lottery. But again, I look. I hope Cincinnati does well. Uh, uh, I'm a big, uh, big fan of what they did at quarterback last year. Um, but at the same time, I mean, they just, they're not going to be a very good football team this year. And and for Bernard to be able to go to a place where he has a legitimate opportunity to win a Super Bowl, that's good for him. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time. He deserves that opportunity. John, are you frozen again? It's kind of creepy how his face just completely freezes like that. That means he's going to drop off at any second. And it probably already has. So what we got is two minutes in. As far as that goes, we've talked about our good friends at Celsius. We've talked about Briar Greaves. We've talked about Playbook. What else do you want to talk about? This is already a complete train wreck disaster of a podcast. So let's just keep this thing going. What the heck? 
I could sign off now. We could keep taking questions. We could chat. You guys tell us what you want to do. I got nothing to do for the rest of the night. Well, that's not true. I have to get uh, behind enemy lines ready for tomorrow. And by the way, does anybody read behind enemy lines? It's not the most well-read story every week, but I think it's 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 a fun story for me. I like to know what the Bucks and FC South opponents are doing. It's it's an interesting thing to me. That's why I started doing that story last year. So I encourage you on Wednesdays to uh, to check out behind enemy lines again. I just go through the the rumors and the notes and, and what's going on. I go to the, all the team's websites. I go to the pewter reports of, say, the Panthers and, and, and the Falcons and the Saints, try and find little tidbits and things like that. So hopefully you'll check out um, check out uh, our, our good uh, – I mean, check out the uh, article uh, tomorrow behind enemy lines. Somebody just asked me this question here. Now, they're not a sponsor anymore, but maybe they will be again one day. Long Lost Glazer said, last time you've been to Ford's Garage, I was actually at Ford's Garage about two weeks ago. One of my best friends, one of my high school buddies, uh, lives in Hawaii now. He surfs, does everything that I wish I could do, lives on the North Shore of Hawaii. He's got a wife, got the life, has his own little business, surfs when he wants to, but he came into town because his mother wasn't doing real well. But anyway, we got together, and I actually took him over to Ford's Garage. It's been a little while since I'd been there. But we had a really good time. So has nothing to do with the Buccaneers. Really nothing to do with this podcast. But we're on bonus time right now is the way I'm looking at it. Uh, Ford's Garage still good. I actually had uh, had dinner at Glory Days last night. They are a Peter Report sponsor. I want to go check out Benedetto's, the Italian restaurant up towards Wesley Chapel area. That's not Wesley Chapel. I guess that's maybe it is. Um, anyway, I want to go check them out, too, because uh, the problem is, is with Italian food, high carbohydrates and things like that and uh trying to lose some weight here get rid of this quarantine 20 that i've gained plus gotta watch that blood sugar gotta check it often there's no reason not to me and wilford brimley will tell you the truth about that what else do we got here ben noble says per behind enemy lines i like the article but they aren't doing anything of note that's not true man i dig and find little things unfortunately you're right there's not nearly as much going on um, this time of year, but what I'm probably going to do for tomorrow is look at who, you know, the draft needs of the NFC South opponents and try and plug in where they may go. I already know right now, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Terry Fontenot, their GM, this is going to be one of the leads in behind enemy lines is saying they like Matt Ryan, but they've got to explore other quarterbacks. And, um, the Falcons are in a weird position. I mean, they owe Matt Ryan a ton of money this year. They owe him a ton next year. And he's still a pretty good football player, uh, but there's a little bit of, of division between Arthur Smith, the new head coach, and uh, and Terry Fontenot. Fontenot wants to look more towards the quarterback area, whereas uh, Arthur Smith is like, no, Matt Ryan is fine. We can win with Matt Ryan. We need to spend our resources in other positions. But wouldn't be shocking to see the uh, I'm sorry the Falcons draft a quarterback early. Don't know that I would if I were them. It just depends on how much they're in love with one of these guys. I think they're picking number four. So they really hold some good cards in, in terms of what they're able to do. They can they can move down because there'll be a quarterback available that somebody wants that's willing to move up. But maybe they're in love with that guy just as much and want to draft him. We'll see what they do there. Ray Grange says, oh, I clicked on the wrong one, but we'll answer this one. Any other teams looking at the Alabama Center? Yeah, a lot of them are. The question with Landon Dickerson, and this will go back to his Florida State days, he started as a true freshman at Florida State. I wasn't a big fan, but, of course, that offensive line has been bad since since Jameis Winston was there, to be honest with you. They've just been a really bad unit, one of the worst in college football over the last five or six years. Um, and so it was kind of unfair to pin that all on Dickerson. Uh, but he was a high, you know, high recruit, came in, started as a true freshman, had high expectations, but he was injured. He started all, you know, he started his freshman year, was injured. His next year he was injured, came back and played like three games the following year, injured again, ended up going to Alabama, stayed healthy until the SEC championship game. I think it was SEC championship game against Florida where he tore his ACL. Um, and again, the question is, I would like to have asked John this, but I'll ask you guys this in the chat too people talk about players that are injury prone. Um, you know, I, I don't know medically if that's true, right? Is that an actual thing? I mean, is it, is it the black cloud follows the guy? Is that more along the lines or physically is their body just not able to hold up? Um, I would tend to look more at guys who have had multiple knee injuries 
as opposed to a guy who had an elbow dislocation, then an ACL, then a concussion. Again, three completely different things. If you continue to have the same injury at the same part of the body, I would tend to say they're more injury prone, but I don't know that that's been Dickerson's case. But um, that is a little bit of a concern. The good news is if the Buccaneers did draft him, then he would, uh, you know, he's not going to have to play this year. They've got Ryan Jensen under contract. His body can get healthy. He can spend a year getting well. Again, though, is, you know, I think you can take a gamble. Even if you feel that he is a little injury prone, I think you can take a gamble on a guy like Landon at number 32. You don't do it at number 10. You don't do it at number 15. But again, I'm going to keep saying it. A number 32 pick is essentially a second-round draft pick in the NFL. So you can gamble a little bit more there. Uh, let's see. Um, what else? Where was where was Red? Where was Grange at? I missed. There he is. There he is. Brian. No, Ray. Team no carbs. That's my man right there. Except you look very, very thin and skinny, and you don't look like you have diabetes. So you're probably just doing it so you can get all buffed out and cut. Uh, me, I'm doing it so I don't fall over dead. Um, anyway, but appreciate the comment, Ray. Let's keep it up. No carbs. I need people to encourage me on that. Let's see. Some players play through injuries like JPP or Brady for that matter. No doubt about it. I mean, you're not playing through an ACL, but we know JPP has played with, you know, torn meniscuses and things like that. So, um, some guys just love to play football and you got to drag them off the football field. Somebody asking again about Gabbert. We talked a little bit about that. Um, right now, from what we understand, this is speculation based on some conversation we've had. Maybe he's pricing himself, like Antonio Brown, a little bit higher than what he's worth. And certainly, there's not a lot of people banging down the door for Blaine Gabbert, or else he would have signed with somebody else. Same thing with Antonio Brown. I mean, uh, if 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 these guys had a ton of uh, of of teams looking for him, they would have already signed. So. Anyway, I, I don't know. I would love to see Gabbert back. But again, as I was going to say earlier, when I accidentally said we, like I'm a fan, wink, wink, um, the Buccaneers, uh, you know, they, they've 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 got to have a backup quarterback, certainly. Um, Blaine Gabbert maybe comes back here. But if this football team is relying on Blaine Gabbert, the, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. There, I said it. Sorry. I like you, Blaine. Actually, let me tell you the Blaine Gabbert story that I was going to tell you with Scott a few weeks ago that we never got to on the podcast. I don't want to do the whole Chuck Berry thing where it took Scott like six months to actually tell the story. I'm actually going to tell the story, and, and I don't know that anybody's still even on listening right now because we're in bonus time right now, this train rack of a disaster of a podcast. But here's my Blaine Gabbert story. I like Blaine. Tough guy, right? We remember him in the preseason his first year when he scrambled. I can't remember who they were playing. I think it was the third preseason game. Dove for a first down and separated his shoulder. Now, Scott's told this story, um, you know, before he, you know, he could have went to the hospital to have his shoulder pop back in. He could have taken some pain medication. Basically, he told the uh, trainer, just give me a dip of Copenhagen and pop it back in place. And that's what he did. That leads me to my part of the story. So I'm a former Copenhagen long cut day addict, right? I backed off of that, only doing pouches now and slowly tapering off again for health reasons and I'm, I'm trying to quit so I don't do it anymore but anybody who's ever chewed or dipped before knows that people ask you for a dip and you always watch what they do when they ask you for your can they're going to take out just a pinch like Earl Campbell or they're going to do a two-finger dip some guys like Warren Sapp who has basically taken half of my can at a time three-finger dip one time um, you kind of keep an eye on that well anyway this goes back to open locker room a couple years ago uh we had just got an open locker room Blaine Gabbard come in off the practice field and um um anyway we were sitting around talking and I I had my can or he saw my can in my pocket uh and he's like hey man let me let me grab a dip for you from you and I was like okay no problem so Gabbard took my can which was almost completely full and again people that chew which you shouldn't I'm not advocating it quit if you haven't but uh and don't start if you haven't started yet but he took the can and proceeded to get a three finger dip out which is like probably a third of the can and stuck it in his jaw mm, big dip no problem it's Blaine Gabbard makes a million dollars a year I don't make anywhere near that dip seven dollars a can now I'm okay it's Blaine Gabbert bar in my can. That's better than, you know, Joe Schmo off the street bar in my can. I can say I gave Blaine dip, Gabbert a dip, okay? That's not the story. 
The story is Blaine puts the dip in. I'm okay with it being a three-finger dip. What made me mad is about maybe not even five minutes later, he's going to the shower. He's got his towel over his shoulder. He's got his body wash soap. And he, before, right before he goes in the shower, he takes the dip out and throws it in the trash can. Dude, you took a three-finger dip to only chew for like two minutes, and you didn't even bother to bring me a can the next day? That's what we have to say. That's not dip etiquette. If you're going to take a big dip out of a man's can, number one, you ought to say, hey, I'll bring you a can tomorrow. Number two, if you are going to do it, don't chew it for like three minutes and then spit it out. He could have taken a small pinch, but no. Again, I guess these millionaires don't uh, don't appreciate the value of, uh, of a can of tobacco. And again, the numbers are just dropping drastically as we're uh, rambling on about nothing at this point. Actually, I'm just kidding. No, the numbers are staying up pretty good right now. So there you go. No more chewing. Uh, that's what I'm going to try and do. And I hope you guys aren't chewing. It's, it's a nasty habit. Anybody who's ever chewed, this is the question I have. Why did we ever take the second one? Because the first one kicked our ass so bad. We all remember that first one. Remember the sandlot when they put the chew in and they went to the fair the fair, and they were spinning around and puking? That's what you do. Everybody gets sick on the very first dip. I don't understand why we ever took the second dip. But anyway, once you take the second one, then it's a problem. So as uh, John D. Riley said, say no to drugs. Yes, tobacco is a drug. Say no to it. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, dip etiquette is so contradictory considering the whole... <laughs> I love you guys, considering the whole idea of spit bottles. Yeah, again, another reason I'm quitting is because that's really uh, a disgusting habit. And uh, I will say with the pouches, you don't spit nearly as much. And uh, so you don't have, you know, cups all over the place. I think we all can probably uh, at any point, probably I probably should check my thing because Scott and John are probably saying, get the hell off the podcast. No, they haven't uh, banned me yet. We should. We can all say that we've all been at a party in our younger days when we picked up a beer can and just took a swig and somebody put their cigarette butt in it. Uh, that's bad. But I can assure you, it's not nearly as bad as taking, uh, picking up a beer bottle or a Coke bottle or a cup that you think has got a drink in it and uh, taking a swallow of it. And it was actually your spit cup. Yeah, that's very disgusting and gross. So don't do it. Baseball players are big chewers. Certainly, that's true. Uh, all right, let's quit talking about chew. Let's see what else we got here. Um, not going to, Michael Henderson, I'm not going to put your comment up. That's inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> Will Brewer says, Mark, you got the circle worn out on your back pocket. I used to when I wore dungarees, as my granny called them, but uh, they're jeans. Uh, I, I don't I don't wear jeans. I wear shorts. Or I, I don't have, I actually do have one pair of jeans, but I, I think they're still bell bottoms. That's how long it's been since I've uh, wore jeans on a regular basis. I would have bet my life, Mark, vapes. You look exactly like each of the five people who have died from vaping. Long lost Glazer, I really like you a lot, but that's just mean, man. That's just not cool at all. Um, not, not a vapor. No, none of those things. Anyway, all right, here's a football question. Let's go with this. If OJ finally plays 16 at a high level, is he tied in one in 22? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, they picked up his fifth-year option this year. This team certainly hasn't given up on OJ at all. And, um, you know, I, I follow OJ on social media. I, I, I contact him every once in a while. He's doing a really good job. He looks like he's really healthy. Uh, I think Coach Arian said on our last time that we spoke to him that he's, you know, he's, he's beginning to run. He's, you know, he's, he's doing a lot of things now, um, you know, recovering from that Achilles injury, which is a tough injury to recover from. Some guys bounce back really quick. Some guys, it takes a little bit longer. Uh, hopefully, OJ is ready to go at the start of training camp this year for the Buccaneers. I certainly wouldn't want to see him out there during any of the um, uh, OTAs and things like that, if there are OTAs. By the way, in case if you haven't seen, the Denver Broncos have already decided that they're all, I don't know the word boycott is correct, but they are not going to participate in in-person OTAs this year. And the NFLPA is, is highly encouraging NFL teams to do another virtual offseason this year because of COVID concerns. So while the Broncos are the first team, I believe, that have said we're not going to show up in the building if you expect us to, um, expect other teams to follow suit, and that may be the Buccaneers as well, but we just don't know anything uh, as far as that goes yet. But uh, but O.J. Howard, again, a talented football player, you know, has, has just struggled really with injuries 
Um, you know, we remember that year a couple years ago that he was having a great year and just a fluke tackle. Again, is O.J. Howard injury prone? I remember his rookie season when he got knocked out. It was a late game, I think a Thursday night game against Atlanta, maybe a Monday night game, but it was a national TV game. And he caught a ball near the end zone. He may have scored on it. I don't remember. But the guy dove and, and clipped his ankle, and he was out for the last couple games. Uh, a couple years ago, he had that injury uh, against the Giants. Caught a pass. was tackled, just kind of an awkward tackle, and, and hurt his knee out for the year. Um, last season, the Achilles injury. Again, that's, you know, there are three different injuries, three different parts of his body. So I don't know you can call him injury-prone, Probably more just bad luck, right? I mean, the the black cloud that's hanging over him in the injury realm is is hurting him a little bit. But I think certainly, I don't know that Gronk plays another year. Um, if Gronk were to come back and OJ had a good year this upcoming season, then uh, then I think both guys would would be back. But um, but I don't know that uh, you can pay both of them tight end one money, and that's the question. Uh, OJ certainly is younger, but he needs to put 16 games behind him, uh, be able to play that even if it's not here in Tampa Bay, for him to go out and earn as much money as possible down the road uh, with another football team. And I agree, Kevin. That's what I was kind of saying. He's had kind of two fluky tackles that caused injury. So he's really not injury prone. I agree with that. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Why are there a lot of Bucks fans saying to sign Edelman when he just said the wheels have fallen off? The wheels had fallen off Rob Gronkowski, honestly. Now, the question is not the question, but the difference is, is Edelman, you know, he didn't have a year off before he came back, if he were to come back. So um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's lost the love for the game. He certainly had injuries over the years. He's not the biggest guy in the world to begin with. He's getting up there in age. I tend to believe that Julian Edelman is done with football. But if there were a situation that were to lure him out of retirement, um, this would be it. I hear a lot of people that cover. Let's. I'm, I'm just going to put these up without reading them. So hopefully they're not rude. I hear a lot of people that cover Bucks media refer to this draft with a lot of flexibility, and I get that idea. However, this draft could be a super helpful to alleviate cap concerns in one or two years. You're absolutely right, John. You're absolutely right, John D. Riley. Um, no question about it. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. Got to be looking down the road. I mean, what are you going to do about Chris Goblin? What are you going to do about Carlton Davis? What are you going to do about Rob Gronkowski on a one-year deal? What are you going to do about Tom Brady? Um, again, how long is he going to play? And and so the question is, you know, you you do have to be looking ahead, and, and, and this could be the draft that answers a lot of questions. As you guys remember, I actually wrote back in January. Yes, January, the Buccaneers should consider a guy like Kyle Trask, he's in that second-tier quarterback range. Again, at 32, it's not if, – if he doesn't pan out, it's not like you took him top five or number one overall like you did Jameis Winston in 2015. I don't think it sets back your franchise for, for years to come, like making a mistake in the top five with the quarterback. But, uh, but uh, you know, Kyle Trask may be that guy that uh, is still there at 32 that the Buccaneers may consider. We do know the Buccaneers do like him. They were at his pro day. Um, I've heard some people in the organization comp him to a Brad Johnson, and that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to get a Brad Johnson type quarterback uh, that plays as long as he did and has as much success in the league as Brad did at number 32. And again, who better to sit behind and learn for a year or two than Tom Brady? Now, I will say this, talking to some people who have covered Kyle Trask, uh, my good friend Matt Baker over at the Tampa Bay Times talked to Matt a while back when I was writing that story. And, and he said, you know, Kyle has a lot of intangibles that teams like, but he's not a rah-rah guy, right? You're not going to see Kyle Trask pull a Brady, um, pull a Brady at the Chicago, you know, screaming at guys on the sideline. That's just not his thing. He's more of a quiet lead by example guy, but that is kind of similar to Brad Johnson, but he's tough as nails. Uh, he does wear orange and blue, which I can't stand, but you know, once they graduate or once they leave school or declare for the draft, I don't care anymore about where they come from. Um, I don't know. Kyle Trask, Trask isn't the worst choice there if the Buccaneers decide that they want to do that. Uh, I just don't know exactly what they're going to do. Uh, Ty T says he would rather have Kellen Mond than Trask. A lot of people are saying that more and more. I mean, here's a guy that I watched play at Texas A&M because I've followed Jimbo Fisher. I wanted to see him do terrible after he left Florida State the way he did. But I still like Jimbo because what he did for the program, taking over Bobby Bowden and leading back to respectability and certainly the national championship in 2013. So I do respect Jimbo Fisher. Uh, so, But anyway, I watched a lot of Texas A&M. 
Mon was not a guy that just jumped off the charts to me. He was a guy that could be very frustrating at times, a streaky quarterback at times. But the one thing that I do like about him is each year that he started, his he got better. His completion percentage improved every time. And he got good quarterback coaching, I think, from Jimbo Fisher. So Mond, I don't know where. I don't think at 32. There are some pundits now that really have him moving up high on teams' draft boards. So we'll see about that. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's get out of here. Let's do uh, one more question. No, let's don't. You guys are tired of me. Even though the numbers are hanging in there, I apologize for the uh, for the uh, for the poor quality of this podcast. Was it poor? I had fun. Anyway, I appreciate everybody that joined in and tuned in. I appreciate our sponsors, certainly at Celsius uh, Playbook. Also, our good friends over at Briar Greaves. Make sure to give Briar Greaves a call, 813-876-4166. Give them a call and uh, let them compare and try and save you some money on your current insurance. But anyway, appreciate everybody that tuned in. John had some technical difficulties. We uh, we called an audible, had me do it live, and uh, pretty much do it by myself. Hopefully, it wasn't the worst possible thing that you've seen today. Uh, it probably was, but maybe not. Anyway, appreciate everybody that joined the chat, everybody who tuned in, and everybody who's going to download and listen to this later. We certainly appreciate it. From For Scott Reynolds, Matt Matera, uh, Taylor Grizz Jenkins, and the, uh, the terribly uh, interneted John Ledyard, I'm Mark Cook saying we will see you tomorrow with another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast.